0: It's time to leave Lodabar. 2 Samuel 9, verses 1 through 13, we read a loving story of King David fulfilling a promise that he made to his friend Jonathan many years earlier. King David had made a covenant promise that he would show kindness to Jonathan's descendants forever. In 2 Samuel 4, verses 4 through 12, we read the account of one of Jonathan's sons named Mephibosheth who was five years old when the news came that both his father and grandfather Saul had been killed in battle, and his nurse picked him to run because all of Israel were in fear for their lives. Well, the nurse fell, and Mephibosheth became disabled in both feet. Also, Saul's other two sons were killed, leaving no heir to King Saul's throne except Mephibosheth. But he went into hiding in Lodabar. In 2 Samuel 9, 1 through 12, we see many interesting facts unfold from Mephibosheth's life. That is in comparison to believers and what Christ has done for us when he came to give life to us and life more abundantly. 2 Samuel 9, 3, the king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul? whom I can show God's kindness. Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Makir, son of Amiel in Lodabar. So King David had had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Makir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, After service, he replied, Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belong to your grandfather Saul and you will always eat at my table. Let me just say that again. Don't be afraid, David said unto him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all, hallelujah, the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul and you will always eat at my table. Now that's the table of the king. The purpose of this podcast message is to give you the reader and the viewer an opportunity to leave the place called Lodabar and enjoy all the promises Jesus Christ has given you. I endeavor to stir up in you an overcoming of a stinking thinking. And becoming a person that knows that they have a right to sit at the king's table, just like King David gave to Mephibosheth. See, Mephibosheth knew he was crippled and he was hiding in Lodabar because Lodabar literally means a land of no promise. Can you imagine living without the promises of God active in your life? Mephibosheth was rightfully in the lineage as a royal person from his father and grandfather, King Saul. Yet he was living in a desolate place, a place of no promise, life, a place where sometimes He was just crippled and living in desolation and thinking that nothing would ever change. That he was crippled not only physically, but he was crippled spiritually. And he was crippled emotionally. Because he literally allowed the place where he was, Lodabar, a land of no promise, to become his future he had stinking thinking. He could not see himself rise above the circumstances, and he certainly could not see himself ever being restored and elevated to the place of the king's table. Well, I just want to know if there's anybody out there who can be honest and say, sometimes I have stinking thinking. Sometimes I fall into a pity party and think that things are not going to get any better than what I see. Because what I see doesn't look good. What I see are bills. What I see is sickness. What I see is stress. What I see is worry. What I see are too many, too many, uh, pressures on me and too many requests of my time and too little of me to even spread out anymore, but I've got to do it because I'm a businesswoman, because I'm a mom, because I'm a wife, because I'm active in community things. You just feel stretched and the stinking thinking will make you think that life is just so stressful. Life is just so filled of chaos. Life is so filled of pressure that you can't walk in a place of pride. And that you can't think of yourself as sitting at the king's table, even while going through the stressful times, even while going through the desolate times, even when it looks like Lodabar and everywhere you turn, you still got to say in your spirit, I'm still at the king's table because I have royal priesthood connections. Because of Jesus, I am an heir to the throne. Because of Jesus and his salvation and the blood that was shed on Calvary, I'm sitting in royalty. I am a queen, I am a king. Let me take my rightful place in life. No matter where you are, stay at the king's table. You've got to leave the low-to-bar situations of life. They're going to always be there. They're going to always be bills. They're going to always be problems. They're going to always be situations that will come to you and people want you to figure things out. They're going to always be times when you feel like you just can't take another second. You know, it's like that song that... I I forgot the name of the song, but it says, y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. And the, the, the song resonated with so many people because you feel like sometimes you just get to the point where you're like hanging on by a thread. And then they jump on that thread or that last nerve, as we would say, and you just feel like y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. You feel like saying that to your spouse sometimes when they give you so many things and you're trying to juggle. You feel like saying that as a parent, as a single parent, especially sometimes when you feel like there's so many things you've got to juggle. You feel like that as an employee sometimes, or you feel like the boss is giving you so many assignments and so many deadlines, and there's so many things to juggle you feel like you don't even have time to do your own makeup you do your hair to go get your hair cut at the barbershop to hang with your boys to watch a movie to watch a game you don't have time to decompress because life keeps happening faster and faster and faster y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here up in here Is a situation of stinking thinking. Because no matter where you are in life. And no matter what the stresses are in life. You've got to remind yourself. That it is not in your own doing. That you will get out of the circumstances in life. It's not your own doing that you'll get past the stresses in life. It's only because of he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So yes, Unia can't handle it. Oh, but Aenea with Christ inside of her can. Oh, because we can do anything through Christ who strengthens us. We can do anything through Christ which strengthens us. I was just in the hospital and had my 10th abdominal obstruction and people who have not experienced colon cancer or problem with their intestines, they really don't understand it. And I think some people think, oh, well, what does she do to to keep being in the hospital and all of these things? And and I had to, a long time ago, because people will people will mess you up with the thoughts. I'll be honest with you. People will have their opinions on you and you carry that thing. So a long time ago, I had to get over people pleasing. responding to what people would say because people don't mean harm but sometimes harm is what their agenda really is and I say they don't mean harm because I'm trying to be a Christian and think positive but some people actually do mean harm some people actually do want to say negative things about you and and want to judge a situation that they don't know about but even when they mean harm I can't let my thinking be like theirs So I can't have stinking thinking because see, if I allow myself to respond back the way they come to me, then I'm just as bad as them. So I had to ask God to to take that, that thorn from me of wanting to have to respond and to explain things. I explain what happens and God shares for me to explain. And after that, that's on you. You can take it and go wherever you want with it. But it's no longer a pressure on me. Because I'm sharing to be an advocate, to help people who are going through circumstances with people of color in particular, to understand the things that we have to be on top of with our health. And I'm also sharing because there are caregivers who are taking care of people who you might not think they're going through a lot of things dealing with that particular loved one, but they've got a lot on them because they're dealing with medications, doctor visits, hospitalizations, and all of that. And so I'm sharing to give you a glimpse into the life of what me and my mom, Beverly Hudgens, who's a caregiver, goes through. Because in sharing, people can become informed. Then they can become inspired, then empowered to live their best lives. The whole purpose of our lives is to be a testimony of God. Every test that God allows us to go through is to have a testimony of overcoming that situation. Now, what I do is not like what a lot of people do. I don't wait till the storms are over in my life. I praise God all the way through it. And I want to share that because it's not to me as significant to wait till something's over to then say, oh, hallelujah, I went through that, I went through that, I went through that, and I went through that, and God brought me out. Well, what about I'm going through this, I'm going through that, I'm going through this and that, and yet I have a hallelujah because God is with me in the midst of the storms. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was a fourth God-like figure in the midst of the fire. That's why their hair wasn't singed and their clothes weren't burned. And they were not burned because God can be with us in the midst of the furnace. And God showed that because he wanted us to know that we are not alone. Even when it seems like we can't get out and there's no escape. God is with us. So, leaving the loader bar, I was in the hospital. Lodabar thinking would have had me, oh my God, I'm going through this and I'm not going to lie. It's very frustrating to have an abdominal obstruction. And what happens is when I had colon cancer, they took out most of my colon. And the portions that they have left uh, over the years, almost like every year, scar tissue builds up or a part swells up for some reason we don't understand. And there's a blockage. So if you can imagine a tube and at some point there's a blockage. So if you eat and the tube gets blocked, your food can't go down and you can't relieve yourself. So my stomach bloats out like I'm nine months pregnant, excruciating pain. They put tubes down your throat, down to your gastric, uh, a system, It's very painful. Uh, they go through all these different procedures trying to get the blockage. So they actually did a surgical procedure and they went from the bottom. Well, when they went from the bottom, they weren't able to reach the top. So now they're like, well, we got to go through the top. So there's constantly things that I have to remind myself of when I'm a patient, especially because I am crying. The things are painful. And it's just me and Jesus most of the time. My mother is on the phone, or I can call her. I have friends and family that I can call. But I tend to just center myself in the spirit of the Lord because there I can be ministered to on a whole different level. Because God knows everything, He knows the body that He created. And He knows that I believe God, I am healed by your stripes. And He knows that I'm sharing it because. he tells me that this is a part of my life testimony, is to share the different things that he's allowing me to go through and overcome, because just like Job, he's going to do double for my trouble, and so because I'm being obedient and sharing, you open yourself even to more uh, questions and more people concerned, but the good thing that I'm opening myself up to that people don't realize is such a blessing to me, and that's the remnant that I hold on to, is I'm touching and agreeing with people who believe God can do just what I believe he can do and that's do anything but fail. See, when you in low to bar thinking and stinking thinking, you look at your situation, you're a patient, you're in the hospital, and, and you're in pain, and, and the doctors and the physicians and oncologists and all these people are trying to figure out how they can help you. I know to tell the people of God to pray. I know to tell the people of God to believe with me that God can do anything but fail. I know to tell the people of God that this is is just another time that the devil thinks that he has has whipped me. The devil thinks that he has gotten me to the place where I'm going to scream out, oh Lord, oh Lord, how much do I have to bear? Oh, but God knows that even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of my tears and my crying through the procedures and the tests and all the visits and all the things I've still got to go through, even in the midst of that, I can and say, Lord, I thank you. Now you say, how can you say thank you? Lord, I thank you because it could be worse. I could be in a grave. I could be intubated and not be able to talk. I could be paralyzed. I could be in a vegetative state. I could be in hospice again. So Lord, I thank you because I know even though it's bad it could be worse. So that's the first thing we have to do to get away from stinking thinking is to thank God no matter what situation we're in because it could be worse. Trust and believe no matter what you're going through somebody else is going through something worse. I know it doesn't feel fair. I know you don't want your child sick. I know you don't want your car stolen and you got to buy another car and you just paid that old one off. I know that you didn't want that pink slip. I know that you struggling to pay tuition for those children, but it could be worse. That's the first thing. When you're in Lodabar, thank God for where you are and realize it still could be worse. Mephibosheth was looking around his environment. He is lame and he's crippled and he's in a place that's that's of, of no promise. And so he wasn't realizing that, you know what? It could be worse. It could be worse. He could have been in a place of no promise and not be an heir to the throne. It could have been worse. The second thing I want you to know is that when you're in Lodabon, when you're in a place where it seems like all you can do is see no promise and no hope, then you have to also say, God, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do as a parent who can't afford all the tuition? What do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do when my child is sick? What do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do when my marriage is is, is disarray and the counseling isn't working? What do you want me to do while here? God, What do you want me to do when I get a pink slip? God, what do you want me to do when I fail a course? God, what do you want me to do when I don't get the promotion I wanted? God, what do you want me to do when my ministry is not growing the way I want? God, what do you want me to do when the people are not coming back to the pews? What do you want me to do when I'm going through so much but you still say, I've got to preach and teach your word? What do you want me to do here? ask God what do you want me to do while here and he will give you the answer He will tell you to share. He will tell you to keep it quiet. He'll tell you to trust in him, lean into him more. He'll provide a resource out of no way, like miraculously. He'll give you insight beyond your years. He'll give you wisdom beyond your ears of years of how to deal with it. Just ask God, what do you want me to do here, God? When I'm in the hospital, when I'm dealing with medical emergencies, when I'm dealing with just life, no matter what it is, I'm always asking God, what do you want me to do here? Believe it or not, I witness to other people while I'm in the hospital. I try to encourage my nurses and my doctors while I'm in the hospital. Even while I have tubes in my body and on a surgery table, I'm still saying, everybody, I just want you to know I'm a minister. I'm going to lift up in prayer. I hope I'm not offending nobody's religion, but God, this is in control of you. I mean, God, you're in control, and this is your surgery, God. So be with the surgeon. God. the surgeon's hands. Be with the text. God. their hands, God, because I'm your servant, God. So you do what you got to do God and I know when I wake up all will be well I don't go under before I go to the cross and I thank God for that that I ask him what to do here so the first is to thank God in the midst of our load of bars and not to have stinking thinking The second is to ask God, what does he want us to do while we're going through our circumstances? And the third thing is to make sure that you tell somebody what God has done for you. Oh, yes, you got to tell somebody because it's just like a commercial in the Super Bowl. See, when we go through things, when we come out on the other side, we got to let somebody else know who might be going through that situation or might will go through that situation to know God is able, to know God is a healer, to know God is a deliverer, to know God is a savior, to know God is a restorer, to know God will give you peace in the midst of grief, to know God will give you comfort and wipe every tear. Tell your testimony. Be like the woman at the well who went back and said, let me tell you about a man. And everyone she shared with, they came running and received the Lord. Tell your story. Tell the testimony. You don't have to share everything. Just share what is relevant to the testimony and see God work. Beloved, I thank you for listening to Walking by Faith with Dr. Neapettis. This podcast is here to encourage, inspire, and to empower you to live your best life by walking by faith despite whatever life circumstances bring. I want you to know that nothing is happening to you that God is not aware of and that God has not already made you an overcomer of in the midst of it. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God. Amen.